Welcome to another true crime podcast, a How Did We Get Here production. This is yet another podcast where two unhinged adults talk about the awful stories behind the most infamous killers, wild cults, and just about anything that'll make you ask, did I remember to lock the front door? This podcast will touch on a pretty wide range of gruesome topics and is not meant for children or the faint of heart. Listen at your own risk. Hi, welcome to another true crime podcast. I'm Nova. I'm Nani. We're gonna hope my computer doesn't crap out on us. Um, it's not because it's like gonna crap out. It's just because it's new and I don't know what I'm doing. So, I mean, I feel like you've done a pretty good job so far. <laughs> You're doing a lot better than I could do. It's already stopped like once. So it's fine. Yeah. So it's Nani's turn. Yes. So it is my turn today. So today we're gonna learn about. The most notorious cult in Australia. In, oh, oh. It's called The Family. It's about Anne Hamilton Byrne. Uh, oh. That, okay. Anything named The Family? It, you know it's going to be sus as hell. <laughs> yeah. Like, nothing good ever comes from The Family. Oh, that's not even the first name. This is the second name. Why did they have to rebrand? They did have to rebrand. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, the creator of this cult, this absolute monster of a human, her name is, this isn't actually her name. This is the name that she gave herself. But for the point of the story, we are going, I'm going to name, I'm going to call her by this name. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, Anne Hamilton Byrne, who was in charge of the most notorious cult in Australia called The Family, yoga lover. She was a multi-billionaire. She stole babies because she wanted the perfect little family, which is why she called it The Family. And she believed she was the next born-again Jesus. So, that's like a rundown. I feel like those are many, many red flags. <laughs> oh, no. This whole thing is a red flag. Like, you said billionaire, and I was like, red yes. flag. Okay. So, her background. Her actual name, she was born Evelyn Grace Victoria Edwards in uh, on December 31st, 1921. She was born in the farm town of Sale outside of Melbourne. Um, she was the oldest of seven. Her father, Ralph Edwards, he wasn't there. He wasn't really there. He showed up, would knock up her mom, and then leave. Like um, multiple times? Yeah. So that's why there's seven of them. Um Oh, Lord. So he was actually running away from his unpaid veteran war debts because he was in the World War One, And so I guess every time he wanted to get his rocks off, he would just go fuck her mom and then leave. Wait, he had to pay money to be in a war? I guess that's what they had to do. And I don't know how Australia works with like their veterans, but I think so. That's what I was reading. But don't they pay you They're supposed to, to. be in the war like that's the whole point like you're gonna be the soldier and you maybe die you would think but this was also 1920s that's wild to me um so Anne didn't really see her dad there very often um her mom was british her mother florence hoyle believed that she was a medium but she was actually a diagnosed uh, paranoid schizophrenic um she was in and out of mental hospitals and she would eventually die in one her mom was this was her mom yes her mother um she so- was a medium she believed she was a medium, but, oh, but she, she was, was actually not. diagnosed schizophrenic. Like so, back then she was diagnosed schizophrenic? Or like today people looked at her and was like, that was a, that was someone who was schizophrenic? Probably both. I mean, if she was in the mental hospital. Oh, that's... you. Well, yeah, but like most of the time back then, like you went to the mental hospital and they were like, mm, you're diagnosed with delusions. That's true. That's true. For the sake of the story, we'll say that she was a diagnosed schizophrenic. Okay, okay. For the sake well, of the story. They just, you know, their meds were probably very different back then. Oh, 1,000%. LSD is involved in the story. Oh, God. 
Yeah, it doesn't get better. It's only going to get worse. <laughs> this explains a lot. Um, so Anne grew up in an orphanage, obviously, because her mom was in and out of the loony bin and her dad was like nowhere to be fucking found. And so in 1941, Anne is 20 years old. She wants a fresh start from her past. Uh, she wants a glamorous and perfect family of happy children. So first, she dates Lionel Harris. They get married. They have a daughter named Judith. He, uh, Lionel Harris, had joined the army, mm-hmm. and then he went AWOL for eight months with Anne. He was arrested, because obviously you can't go AWOL. Um, no, and then they let him out on compassionate grounds, which is fucking bananas, because, like, in the America, like, they could never. What but is this compassionate also grounds? I guess they felt bad for him. That was someone just had some emotions and went, well. Well, Judith would eventually change her name to Natasha. So... Anne has it all. She has the dream she wanted. Like, she has her, a loving husband. She has a daughter. Mm-hmm. They're, they're doing good. So then when they're, she's in her 30s, they decide that they want to have a bigger family. And so they're going to adopt. Well, here's what, where it gets crazy. Could she just not have kids anymore? Or did she just not want to? I guess something happened to where she couldn't have more biological children. So they decided okay. to adopt. Um, so Lionel was on his way to the adoption agency to adopt a baby boy from Bar- uh, Barnado Homes when he was killed in a two-person car crash. <gasps> Anne is not able to adopt anymore because she's a single parent. <gasps> so her final, like, so this dream she finally got of having her perfect family was just ripped away from her. That's awful. Yes. That's so bad. Yes. I don't, Horrible. okay. Well, first of all, I don't care like i don't understand why single people can't adopt children that doesn't make sense like there was a i think i think my wife told me the story about like someone that she knew Mm -hmm. this gay guy that wanted kids but didn't want to get married or like wasn't married or something like that and like you know like but didn't want like to have sex with a lady but wanted his own biological kids kids so he went through fertilization and like had his own kids but like adopting kids like on his own would be incredibly difficult and he's like the best father like he has twin girls and he loves them to death like it's so cute but like i can't imagine because like back i feel like back in that time like there were cars but like yeah like going through like like something like science wise would also be well also she couldn't have kids but still that's so fuck you should be able to adopt kids yeah. point of the story is people are great parents it doesn't matter if they're single or not you should be able to adopt kids i was gonna say that's not the point of this story that's the point yeah of your this is gonna go bad this real is gonna fast. get really bad i apologize but oh, also man. like this was real shit so and it doesn't have a happy ending. So, like, so far, we're root- I'm rooting for her so far, and she's going to fuck it up yeah, so She is going to fuck it up. All right. So she created a new identity after she discovered yoga. So this was the 1960s, and there was, like, a big boom in yoga because in Australia because of Eastern mysticism and because the Beatles had just gone to India. And oh. so it was, really po- it was really popular. I don't think I understand time frames. Me either. Because to me, like, 1940s could be, like, like, I still imagine horse and wagon. (laughs) And I know that that's wrong. I mean, they still have horse and wagons in, like, Amish communities. So, I mean, you're technically not wrong. Yes, but we also have smartphones. That's not in the 1940s. Back back then, you couldn't, like, walk up with a smartphone and be like, look at this thing. But today you can. You'd be like, look at this thing. So, like. That would be pretty. I don't. (laughs) 
Yeah. Just imagine, like, the look on someone's face when you show them, like, your iPhone and they're like, what is this? Yeah. Well, so, like, okay, anywhere from, like, 1920s to, like, 19, like, 60s. I'm like, horse and wagon. Horse and, and wagon. Immediately cars. Just, yeah, there were cars. Yeah. There and smartphones 60s. didn't start until the 2000s. Oh, that's, shit, you're right. That's, that's how my brain went. I remember the first time I ever saw an iPhone. It was 2008. I was in sixth grade. And it was a sixth grader that had an iPhone. Like, why would you give your sixth grader an iPhone? I didn't get an iPhone until my sophomore year of high school. Yeah. When did smartphones start? Did they? Mid-2000s. Really? I think so. <laughs> or early? I have no... I don't know the timeline for phones. <laughs> I don't know time frames. Anyway. I just know I had a razor for a long, for a hot minute. Look, the razors were cool. They were cool. They tried to make a comeback with them, but it's not the same. No, it's not. Okay. So, in the 1960s, Anne attended her first yoga class at the Gita School of Yoga, owned by Marguerite Segsman. And she learned everything she could about connecting with a higher power, um, about spiritualism, and she got obsessed. So... She told Marguerite she was a physiotherapist, a nurse, and that she herself also had a Tibetan guru. And I say that, and it was, uh, and one of the sources I read um, was that none of that was like, she was not certified for any of these things. Yeah. And that she more than likely took part of Marguerite's story of her own story, but because Marguerite had a Tibetan master. Where she learned yoga. Is she like a pathological liar? Yeah, basically. Oh, okay. Um, I've met people like that. Yeah. So now she's a yoga teacher, but she preaches about spirituality to primarily wealthy middle-aged women while she's doing yoga. And she was known to be very charismatic and very charming, and her confidence kept people coming back to her. So over time, she went off the deep end, and her teachings begot- became a little controversial. And there was a young man in one of her classes who didn't agree with her. So she cursed him and he got sick. Like she, like witch cursed him or like just cursed him out real bad and then he got stressed Like sick. witch cursed him. Oh, like, okay. he's not coming in tomorrow. He's going to get really sick. And then he didn't. So Segsman cut ties with her and Anne was pissed. So she went off and she started her own yoga school. So... Before we get into more of the cult-like things, we're going to go into some of Anne's philosophy, which is bananas. Oh, fun. So her, it was like a mix of Western and Eastern spiritual doctrines, like Christianity, Hinduism, um, all spiritual truths are universal. The children of Anne would study the texts of Christianity and Hinduism, and then they would study the text of gurus like Sri Chimnoy, who advocated the path to God through prayer and meditation and athleticism. He set up marathons and shit for his followers, accused of being a cult. So, like, this would be, like, a precursor to why she has her cult members doing yoga. Because she's, like, inspired by these people. Um, Rajneesh, who preached about dynamic meditation, he rejected religious institutions. There was a lot of controversy in 1960s India for having a progressive view of sexuality. And then Meher Baba, this guy, would influence Anne as well. So he was a spiritual leader who claimed he was an avatar or a god in, or god in a human form. So he had a really big spiritual following in India, the US, Europe, Australia. So she preached that Jesus, Buddha, and Krishna were enlightened beings that came down to save Earth, to save humanity. And Anne was considered um, an enlightened being as well. 
So and they weren't gods. They were just like really smart dudes. Basically. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I follow. Um, and the members in her close inner circle believed she was the reincarnation of one of the 12 apostles. <laughs> How fucking bananas. What? what? Yeah. They were convinced that this, that this bitch was one of the 12 apostles. I mean. One of Jesus's 12 homies. <laughs> she said, yeah. Me and Jesus, that motherfucker, we was real tight. We were real tight. But I'm also. We did yoga born together. Born again, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus and her are doing downward dogs. And now we're going to switch into a uh, warrior pose. No warrior pose. I was a literal warrior for Jesus. I was a warrior. Um, okay. So now a majority of her students from her original, um, from that yoga school, they followed her because she portrayed herself as a godlike figure. Mm-hmm. Um, she started telling her followers that she was a descendant of French royalty, which was not true. Man, she's a liar. She's just all over. She's related to so many people. Yeah, right. Um, she used Ouija boards with her clients and taught them about the supernatural. She was like, oh, I'm a medium. My mother was a medium. Um, and so we can talk to the dead. Mm. She alluded to being immortal since she is the born again Jesus. She had a lot of plastic surgery to keep up with like her youthful, everlasting appearance. Wait, and how, how does... I'm, I'm sure... I'm sorry, I'm cutting you off. No, you're fine. How does plastic surgery work again my brain's like "Mm, we're back in the olden times so horse and buggy how does plastic surgery work back then so it was the 60s and it was relatively new to australia so not a lot of people knew about it um she would get like facelifts and nose jobs fillers she would try to keep herself to look as young as possible this bitch's hairline was far was so goddamn far back do i have a picture of it i think i saved the picture yeah i'll show you after this okay well her hairline was back here why? Because she kept getting facelifts. Oh, so it kept pushing kept, her hairline back? They kept pulling her fucking skin because she didn't. they didn't want her to have... It was insane. Oh, my God. I, I mean, I guess if nobody knows about it, then, like, yeah, that seems like magic. Yeah. It's just like, I'm not getting surgery. Uh, what is that? Yeah. It was... It just... It will continue to get wild. So she convinced the women in her yoga class to leave their husbands. In 1960s... Australian society would reject women if they, I mean I feel like all over the world yeah. if you uh they would reject women if they got divorced so Anne used this to her advantage and was like oh well since society's gonna cast you out come be part of my family oh oh no so her followers did that so it was a majority women in her cult at this point okay we, we and love a she needed bitch. some men she needed to get some men I feel like I know where this is going <laughs> so uh, she married this man named uh, Michael Riley. He was a South African naval officer in 1965. They were only married for a year, but she met a man who would eventually be the reason why she had such an influx of powerful people coming to her cult, Dr. Rainer Johnson. And so the reason why she married Michael Riley is because he was Dr. Rainer Johnson's gardener. So she slept with him and married him to get all this information about him so that she could pretend to be a uh, psychic. What? Yes. Okay. Um, just a little background information about Dr. Rainer Johnson. He was a parapsychologist professor and head of college at Melbourne University. Parapsychology is a study of psychic phenomenon like clairvoyance, telekinesis, telepathy. It is considered a pseudoscience, so it's not taken seriously by modern day scientists. He was very, he was extremely intelligent. 
He was super powerful. He had lots of connections of people that were just as like just as smart and wealthy as he was. And he would be the first male member of her cult. Um, he was interested in the supernatural um, and Eastern philosophy like Anne was. And she could make her cult bigger if she impressed him and convinced him to join her cult. So she marries Michael Riley mm-hmm. um, to get information about Dr. Johnson so she could predict his future. And so obviously she's married to this man. And first people are so drawn to her that he mm-hmm. just spills everything so about him. she's married to the doctor guy or the doctor guy's gardener? She's married to the doctor guy's gardener. Okay. But she did it to get close. To the doctor guy? Yes. Okay. Um, and they're both in the cult now or just the uh, gardener? Just the gardener and Anne are in the cult. Dr. Okay. Johnson is not in the cult yet. Okay, I follow. Yes, I follow. there's so many names. Um, oh, you're fine. So Anne introduces herself and predicts Dr. Johnson's future. She says, you and your wife are about to take a trip to India and your wife will become seriously ill on this trip. Like a fake clairvoyant. So his wife, Dr. Johnson's wife, she and she did get dysentery when she was in India. So he thinks that Anne was right. Like, oh my God, she's clairvoyant. Um, but unfortunately, like that's just luck. yeah, yeah. Well, tourists, they run the risk of getting sick when they're in different countries because their immune systems aren't used to that environment, especially if you drink the water in countries that yeah. you're not used to, like you can get seriously ill. So like, it wasn't that much of a, we're just like fish going to a different tank. You're going to die. Yeah. Like something. Some... And I guess that, I guess that why vaccines are important with water. I don't know. I guess you just have to be wary. I read that tourists would run the risk of getting sick in India drinking yeah. the water too, like in the 1960s. But I mean, regardless, like your body has to adapt, isn't yeah. used to like a new environment. So like you do run the risk of getting sick. I just know that when you go to a different country, like oftentimes you have to have a bunch of new vaccines, not just the ones that we get regularly, but yeah. like you have to get a bunch so that you don't get all the other diseases. I know that with the military before you go overseas, they make you get a bunch of vaccinations. They make shots. you get a bunch of vaccinations anyway. They yeah. have something called the peanut butter shot. And Sabrina has no clue what's in it, but she got it. Love that for her. Yeah, yeah. Love that. It sounds real bad. Uh, so, after this, Dr. Johnson believed Anne was Jesus Christ herself and pledged himself <laughs> to her. They So the very first name was the Great oh, no. White Brotherhood. What? Then they changed it to the Santinecatan Park Association. Okay. So and then they changed it to the family. I feel like that escalated and then de-escalated very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Dr. Johnson was recruiting as many people as possible with his connections because obviously he's like a big t- a big shot professor at a college. Um, so the husbands would tell their wives and then people would keep joining in. Yeah. Um, people listened to Anne preach that she was Jesus and performed miracles. Um, one of the miracles that like Dr. Johnson talked about was how Anne's daughter Judith had gotten into a car accident and she got a double compound fracture at the base of her skull mm-hmm. and deep facial lacerations. But Anne prayed over her and then a week later she was able to leave the hospital. And he was like, I think she's Jesus Christ herself. Like, and so he would tell people that. So they had different types of influential people, like lawyers and businessmen, doctors, politicians, like the big name, like they're playing in the big leagues now. Mm -hmm. And since she had access to all these medications because she did have these doctors at her disposal, the fucking doctors believe she was Jesus, which I think is fucking bananas. Mm -hmm. She would poison cult members before her sermons 
bring them up on stage to show how sick they were. And then she would heal them when really the doctor was just getting rid of the medication that they were taking. Uh, so, like, she was hopping them up on these drugs and being like, you're sick. And then she'd be like, they're oh, whatever. But they're really, they're just detoxing. Yeah. They're super sick. And I've healed them. So, like, she does Jesus's miracles of how he could, like, mm-hmm. uh, turn a blind man seeing or, like, bring someone back from the dead. So, like, she's essentially doing versions of this. But it was a doctor that was just, like, giving or getting rid of the medication that she had this person taking. How did she... So was she sneaking them this medication? She gave them the medication. They just didn't know what they were taking. So there was no connection between their brains of just like, ah, I have quit taking this med, so I feel better. No, because they thought she was Jesus. Was was she just like, here, take these pills? Probably. (laughs) What? Here you go. Take it. Don't ask questions. I mean, she could have, like, drugged their water or something or put it, crushed it up on their food or something and, like, had a one-on-one. And they're (laughs) serious! Okay. Um, So, this next big-name person. um, So, Anne recruited Dr. Lance Whitaker. He studied the fuck out of LSD, Mm -hmm. which, if you did not know, is a hallucinogenic. So, for her cult members, they had a new initiation, the new initiation to get into the family. They were pumped with LSD left in a dark room for hours, so they didn't eat. And so they're tripping. They're tripping balls. And then Anne would appear in white robes and a spotlight on her with a smoke machine while they're tripping, and she would tell them she's Jesus Christ. What? I shit you not. There were smoke machines back then? I guess so. I don't know why that's the wildest part (laughs) to me. But, like, the idea that there were sm- – and that they had access to smoke machines. And she was just like, I am – was she dressed in, like, a white robe? Yeah, like Jesus. She was just like, I am Jesus. Like, you know, Jesus – like, Jesus Christ Superstar? Is that the show? Or is that – I don't know. I, I know that- All I can think of is, like, the Christmas The Christmas show. nativity Jesus. Yeah, at church when I was little. Yeah, so those white robes. Like, that's what she's wearing. She's got a spotlight. Yeah, she's got a spotlight on her. <laughs> And all these smoke machine. And so, like, you are – I personally have never done – I've never done acid. I've never done LSD. Yeah. I've never done ecstasy. Like, I've never done any of these drugs. So I've never had a trip. Mm-hmm. But to anyone listening who has, just, like, imagine you haven't eaten. You've been locked, locked in, like, a dark room. And yeah. all of a sudden, this fucking woman comes in. And you're tripping so fucking hard. You're like, oh, my God, it's Jesus. When it's really this insane <laughs> psycho bitch. I feel like I would believe she was Jesus at that point. I mean, I feel like I would too, but yeah. also... Like smoke and a light show. You're like- tripping so hard, like your mental... But that she... So what I read was that she used LSD as like a clearing to like clear through your mind. I definitely don't think that's what it's doing. No, definitely <laughs> not. That, that's not how this works. So doctor... So here's where we're going to get a little bit more heinous. Oh, Okay. No, this isn't even the worst of it. I haven't even hit the worst. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, bitch, this I... shit is insane. So, Dr. Johnson introduces Anne to Marion Villamek, who owned New Haven Hospital, which was a psychiatric hospital. She, Anne convinces Marion to leave it to her, to leave it, to sign off on this psychiatric hospital so that when she dies, Anne will now own this psych hospital. So, she dies. And Anne is now the owner of a private psychiatric hospital. Does she die or does Anne kill her? Oh, Oh, she died. Oh, she just died. Yeah, she just died. She was old. Oh. 
Yeah. But she still owned a psychiatric hospital, and so now Anne has a psychiatric hospital at her disposal. I don't understand how someone without credentials can own a business that requires those credentials. This was also the 60s. So that's fair. She did just have access to LSD. Yeah, she did have access to LSD and doctors and lawyers and politicians and accountants and everybody. So in Australia at the time, you only needed two doctors to sign off on someone getting committed to a psychiatric hospital. Since she had Dr. Lance Whitaker and she had Dr. Rainer Johnson, she had two doctors that could sign off on committing someone to the fucking loony bin. Without their consent? Yeah. So it was basically like the equivalent. Of, it was basically like the timeout. There is a kitty there. <laughs> yes. Oh, she likes to hide in the closet. Oh, there's a baby there. Um, so you could get thrown in there for disagreeing with Anne if you threatened to expose the cult, um, if she felt threatened. So family psychiatrist Howard McKay was also someone that she used or who would sign off on people to get committed to the loony bin. The practices at New Haven Hospital included LSD, electroconvulsive therapy, the 1960s kind of electric shock therapy, not uh, the modern day version where you are sedated. There's it's very mild. Modern day electric shock? Yeah. They well, use it for de- like very extremely severe depression, but it's very mild. It is nothing compared to like what you see in like Asylum from uh, American Horror Story. Like it is a lot more. It does have like really good success rates with very 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 bad depression but you are sedated so you don't really feel it it's very mild shocks it's nothing like them just going to you yeah science is wild science is wild and occasionally they would do a lobotomy of the prefrontal or the frontal cortex yeah i was waiting for that one yeah all right so her third husband (laughs) bill Byrne. uh how's she just going through these men i don't fucking know what happened to the wait what happened to the second one did he die? No, I think she just divorced him. They were only married for a year. She only really used um, him to get close oh, to Dr. Johnson. Oh, he's the gardener. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Okay, I follow. Yeah. Um. So sh- he met Anne when she was 47, but she's still claiming she's in her 30s. Oh, well, obviously, because yeah. all that plastic surgery all it that. de-ages you, don't you know? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it doesn't make you look like you're crazy. Um. So Bill was married with four children. He got obsessed with Anne and... And her receding hairline. Yeah. She committed his wife to the New Haven Hospital to get rid of her. Wait, did she marry this guy before he was divorced from his other wife? Or no? No. Just like, your wife is crazy. Marry me instead and we'll just have her committed. Yeah. And so then they got married not too long after they committed her. There's nothing wrong with this woman. There was nothing wrong with her. God, that's such a... Like, so then she went through all of the fucking LSD, electroshock therapies, mm-hmm. the humiliation, like... I feel like after that, there is something wrong with you. Yeah. But it's not your fault. Yeah. Um, I mean, regardless, mental health issues are not your fault. But also, like, the fuck? She was traumatized. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't start out traumatized, but she ended up traumatized mm-hmm. in this fucking... Um, so at this point, the cult has 500 members, which is a lot for a cult. Like, that is a lot. Um, it was mostly middle class or wealthy people. They were taking LSD. This bitch is gassing herself up. Her followers would kneel at her feet. Um, like, they would basically, like, worship her. And so, since all these people are so wealthy, they bought property in this area called Fernie Creek. And they lived in the same fancy area. So, they were all pretty much in the same vicinity. Mm-hmm. And Anne needs to start making money because she's like, I want to be rich. That was part of, like, her goal. 
Her original dream was that she wanted to be rich and live a glamorous life. So now she starts demanding 10% of the wages of the cult members. So she's a multimillionaire, like, almost immediately. Because if she's got 500 people, she's taking 10% of their wage, and these people are politicians, doctors, lawyers, Mm -hmm. fucking hot big rollers. She probably had some celebrities in there. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not doubt. I don't doubt that at all. (laughs) So now she's... Scientology. Yes! So she is... She's making a lot of money right now. Yeah. So sometimes she would make her followers swap spouses just for just, just for shits and giggles. Just for shits and di- giggles. I feel like this is one of the few cults where like sex is encouraged, or was it not? It didn't really. I I didn't really read anything about her encouraging sex between the other members. Just a swapping spouses thing. But oh, okay. the children were the the little girls were shamed. Oh, for doing things and stuff. Just for existing. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Never mind. As much as I wish that this could be a little bit progressive, it's just awful. It seems like it started out that way. Because, like, yeah. it seemed like it was very, like, sex positive and, like, doing yoga and all that sort of stuff. And now we're stealing people's money. I mean, eat the rich, but, like, also don't... like. She's now st- one of the rich. Yeah. Well, eat her, too, I guess. Yeah. Um, but not in the fun way. I bet she wouldn't have tasted good, though. <sighs> Where's that Japanese cannibal when we need him? <laughs> uh so Anne told people that they had a huge karmic debt that they had to reap and they had to repay it to get to heaven and that if they didn't repay their karmic debt they had they would suffer every time they reincarnated um and they had to do everything Anne said if they wanted to get into heaven and if they didn't they would go to the loony bin oh fun yeah so a guy wanted to leave the cult and she told the doctors to give him a frontal lobe lobotomy so they drew in a if if you guys don't know what a lobotomy is, it's where they drill into your brain. Mm-hmm. And it changed his personality. So now he's easygoing. And um. now he's listening to everything the book says. So she, so there was like a whole part about doomsday. So this was the 1960s. And so she predicted the apocalypse was coming. And she, when really she was playing on the fear of nuclear war, because like this was when the Cold War was happening, the Cuban Missile Crisis. Mm-hmm. So people are already scared. And so she's like, I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that for this, my advantage. This is going to be good. They would be saved if they were in her cult and that they would have to repopulate the planet. So they would need Ugh. kids to create the master race. Ugh. God, I hate, like, I hate when cults do that. Like, and most of them do, but they're like, we have to create the master race, the ultimate race, or like some sort of like, like genetic purification that they're Gross. trying to achieve. I think it's disgusting. Oh, absolutely. And I don't understand it. You also don't really care for babies, and so the act of well, yes, a baby but there. But also, I do like a diverse group of people. Oh, I love like I love a diverse group of people. So like when you got a whole group that they just made them like we're gonna be the master race. Like gross. No, you're all gonna have to fuck at one point. There's gonna be some inbreeding there, in here. <laughs> yes, gross, and that's disgusting. So now we're in the 1970s. Anne is in her 50s. She is unable to have other children since she's 50. She's in her 50s. She also had a hysterectomy at one point. Oh, okay. So now she starts stealing kids. Oh, she just like eats them off the street? No, no, no. No, no, no. So she would arrange for the hot, uh, she would arrange for the doctors at the New Haven Hospital to deliver the infants of unfit teenage pregnant mothers. And then. Um, they would cover the mother's face with pillows so that they never saw their baby was taken from them. And then those babies would go to Anne. Oh, my God. Since teen pregnancy was frowned upon and a lot of 
pregnant girls, a lot of pregnant teenagers, they would usually go off on a little trip and then they would come back with no baby. And so these girls are in this mental hospital because, oh, they're obviously unwell. So Anna's like, oh, the perfect opportunity. Yeah. So these girls have their babies stolen from them. Have you ever heard of the Butterbox Babies? I have not. I will have to cover it. It's very similar to that sort of scenario. It's awful. Love it. I mean, I don't love it, but like, (laughs) I love that we'll have another story. Um, So, yay! It's awful. Yeah, so teen pregnancy was already frowned upon. Mm -hmm. Um, Government agencies were also infamous for stealing infants from their unfit mothers. And so they they would still do this in mental hospitals. They would still steal That's these babies so from fucked. these girls. But now Anne is also taking these babies. So she stole about 14 of them from these vulnerable young moms. I cannot imagine she is taking care of these babies. Oh, she's not. She's not. Don't worry. How are you feeding all of these babies back then? Well, she is a multimillionaire. So she's just hiring or was like I'll get fake there. milk. Oh, no. Okay. Well, well, we'll get there. Okay. It doesn't get better. Oh, no. It's only getting worse. Okay. Um. So yeah, she instructed her doctors to steal the infants of teen mothers. They also saw it. They saw it at hospitals. She was ex- successful fourteen times. Um, since she had all these lawyers, they were able to forge adoption records and birth certificates for the children that she had her doctors steal. And then she convinced the members of her cult to hand their babies over to her. Yes. So what? they would watch their children be their biological children be raised by Anne. So she stole a total of 28 children, 14 from vulnerable young mothers, and 14 from cult members. So this is the instance of a cult member. This is like the very first instance of like a cult leader stealing children instead of impregnating people to have multiple children. So like usually with cults, it's a dude knocking up a bunch of women. But since obviously she can't do that, instead she's stealing children and claiming them to be hers. See, that's what I was expecting her to be like, I need all these women so that they can get pregnant to have babies for this cult. I feel like that would have been better than stealing kids. <laughs> yeah. I both are bad. Both are bad. But like that's There's really also like bad. a scale for badness. Yeah. And that's pretty terrible. Yeah. Pretty fucked. Oh no. So now we get on to the children. The oh, children. No. So these kids are brought up to believe they're the biological child of Anne and her husband Bill. Which is insane. Um, all the people in the cult believed the 28 kids were hers biologically. So she would wear a custom-made baby bump to make people believe she's really giving birth to 28 kids. And she would just claim it's twins, it's triplets, it's these many kids. So people really thought that she had 28 kids in a decade. What about the people that were giving her their children? They think that she's Jesus. They're not going to say anything. They're just like, yes, you just rehad the child yes. that I gave you? Also, I don't believe that other cult members knew that she was at, that she was telling these women to hand over their babies. Okay. Yep. Uh, so Anne opened up her own school as these kids grew older. I mean, she has connections in every single industry. And so she has access to give them an education. Mm-hmm. Um, she wanted these kids to be kept secret. So she bought property. Um, a property on Lake um, Eldon, I think that's how you said. And she keeps them at, it's called Kai Lama. It was also called Up Top. And it was a five-acre property surrounded by barbed wire. To make sure, to convince people that all of these kids 
were hers. She dyed all their hair platinum blonde, so they look like siblings. They would wear matching clothes. Um, Roland Whitaker, one of the kids that was raised there, he said a very royal Von Trapp style sort of clothes, like the characters in Sound of Music. Mm -hmm. Your velvets, your smart shoes, everything had to be polished and looking the same. And that was really to implant in us that we're all brothers and sisters. Um, Some of the kids were allowed to keep their natural hair if it was light brown or red, because Anne is naturally a redhead. But if you had brown hair, you had to have it dyed. The kids were given speech lessons to practice their vowels to sound British and not Australian. Um, which I think is fucking bananas. But they live... Was she British? No. Her mother was British. What? So why would it matter? I wish I knew. She's just insane. Yeah, that is. She's just a psycho. Yeah. Um, She would make home movies to show the world that she did have the perfect family and the perfect life for them to come join her cult. Like, look how happy we all are. We're all frolicking and dancing. No! So we're unsure of all the children's identities because a lot of these kids have their birth certificates forged. We do know a handful of them. There's Sarah, who was the first child stolen from her 15-year-old mother at a psych hospital. The whole pillow over the head, baby yeeted out the room. Yeah. There was Leanne. There was Ben, who was offered up by a cult member. Rebecca, who was Anne's biological grandchild from her daughter, Judith. Uh, and then Annery, who was Bill's biological grandchild that he stole after he sent his wife to the loony bin. Um, none of these kids knew or celebrated their birthdays because everything was forged. So they didn't know. Are these kids still alive? Most of them. Oh, Lord. Okay. And now we're going to get into the really, really bad, really, really bad part. I feel like this is already bad. Oh, no, it only gets worse. So she hired, so obviously Anne is not taking care of these 28 children. Yeah, no. She's not taking care of them. She has an image to uphold. So she hires aunties who were female cult members who disciplined the kids, homeschooled them, lived with them. So she yeah, she basically hired other people to raise them. Mm-hmm. She would come in like every so often. And there were three main aunties. There were there was Elizabeth, Trish, and Margot. Some of these aunties were the actual biological mothers of these kids, which is fucking wild. So That's these awful. Yeah. So these kids had like crazy routines like military like like boot camp like lifestyle Mm -hmm. so they would have a strict routine of waking up like they would wake up at 5 a.m uh and like wash themselves they would uh like get dressed make your bed they had an hour of yoga they had to listen to Anne's sermon on tape they would chant a mantra they would meditate exercise and then they would get breakfast by 9 30 a.m and which was a few pieces of fruit They had school, more church, back in bed at 9 p.m. So fun fact about up top, there was no electricity or running water. Uh, They had to use gas fires. They had to wash themselves in buckets, and they had no access to the outside world. They didn't have any sense of individuality, but these kids weren't even allowed to get close to one another. Even though they were supposed to be siblings and they were told they were siblings, they weren't allowed to get close to each other. Like physically or like they weren't allowed to play and bond? They're not allowed to bond like they're real siblings. So how do they keep them from doing that? Oh no. Here we go. Uh, They were severely isolated. There were dorm style rooms separating the boys and the girls. Now these aunties carried out carried out the punishments sometimes Anne did but she didn't want to look bad in front of these kids so they would beat the kids if they spoke when they weren't supposed to if they didn't get dressed fast enough if they used the bathrooms at times when they shouldn't 
if they soiled themselves, if they had messing handwriting, like the rules would constantly change. So these kids would get beaten for no reason at all. Just like the wind could blow. They could have their hair done improperly and they would get beaten. One of the girls was starved for three days for wearing odd socks. They were beaten with weapons like boards of wood with nails in them, with canes. One of the boys was actually nicknamed Zebra Stripes because of the cane markings he had. Um, So it was horrific physical abuse 24-7 for these kids, unable to follow constantly changing rules. Um, Children weren't allowed to be friendly or loving with each other or they would be split from them. So Sarah and Andrea, one of the girls, they were forbidden from talking to each other for a year. The kids couldn't use the bathroom at night and they could not wet the bed. And the aunties would inspect the bed. And if they peed the bed in the middle of the night, they'd be beaten, put in an ice cold shower and then forced to clean their sheets. Babies were not exempt from this rule. So the older children were forced to participate in these punishments. So they would hold down the baby in a cold bath while being beaten by the auntie for not following the rules. What? Mm-hmm. How can you expect a baby? Because they're insane. To Like these women, I shit you not, they had to have gotten off on this. Also, let's, 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 let me just make it even fucking worse. Anne would listen in on the children being beaten. They would call her and she would listen to these children being beaten and screaming and crying. Just to get rocks off? Probably. Like she's a monster. The children would always stick together during interrogations, but that means they would get beaten together. So the kids would have their pants pulled. They would have them stand up on like a chair. They would have their pants pulled down and whipped and the other kids would be forced to watch. Sometimes Anne would come in and threaten the children with a knife. Sometimes their hands were held over an open flame or their head would be held underwater. This woman was evil. Absolutely evil. Also, she would frequently withhold food from them. Their breakfast was like a little bit of fruit some steamed vegetables for lunch and dinner, and that was it. There were padlocks on the kitchen cabinets, and the aunties would let, like, their keys dangle to just, like, kind of taunt and torment the kids. Um, The kids would scavenge in the trash can. One girl would eat grass and leaves. Another one ate his own shit. Oh, God. I can't... Did Well, you might get to that. Uh, Also, the children were weighed after they woke up. So if they ever put on weight from the day before, they they were beaten. She wanted all of their kids to be scrawny, and so she rationed their food if they did gain weight, which is insane because these are growing children. Yeah. And kids need more food, and they need certain nutrients, and they're not going to get it from just, like, even people that have their, that raise their kids vegan or vegetarian, yeah. they still supplement, and they still have the, like, even if they don't eat meat, they're still getting protein. Yeah. They're still getting, like, they're still eating bread. They're still eating rice. They're still eating starches. They're still getting what they need to. Yeah. But she's just giving them fruit and steamed vegetables. And so these kids are severely malnourished. Um, One of them, which was the worst case, was Cassandra. She had a distended stomach from malnutrition. And Anne kept restricting her food because she should never weigh more than three stones unless she's reached the height of four foot or more. So three stones is about 42 pounds. It's about 42 pounds. Um, These kids were also very smart because they had access to medical textbooks with their surprisingly good education. And they begged Anne to give her more food because they're like, she can't even walk. Yeah. She had to crawl on her stomach, but she was accused of doing it for attention. The kids, as young as eight years old, were given LSD twice a day, so they were easier to control, which also stunted their development. 
Yeah. Then they got that initiation ceremony at 14 with the LSD trip and coming in like Jesus. Like at 14, they all went through this. But they've also been dosed with LSD since they were eight years old. Um, The girls were made to feel dirty and sexual from age five because apparently walking a certain way to attract men was something she accused the little girls of. Sure, sure. Kids that am deemed ugly were treated worse because obviously she has an appearance she has to uphold. Rocking themselves to sleep meant they got beaten by because Anne accused them of sexual gratification. You know, just like rocking yourself back and forth to try and like calm yourself down. Um, The girls self-harmed. And then, yeah, Anne listened on the phone because she's fucking psycho. Okay. We're starting to get towards the end. We're starting to. The downfall will be coming up. Oh, God. So now we're in the 1980s. Anne wanted to expand the cult more. She's worth about $50 million, which is all from her cult members. Mm Mm-hmm. She has a house in upstate New York, in Hawaii, in England, and then she has the one in Australia, in Melbourne. Mm -hmm. She's trying to make the cult go worldwide. And so she would occasionally take some of the kids with her, but they were just brought along to be shown off. And they still had their strict routines. She got her kids out to parade her perfect family, like, in front of guests. So I can't imagine people would see these malnourished children and be like, yeah, they're being treated right. How, How does that work? I don't know. I really don't. Like, I'm sure there had to be people that were like, this is insane. This is heinous. There's something wrong. This is child abuse. But she claimed she was Jesus. So clearly she could just say that they're wrong. And then she had all these other people following her around. Oh, my God. Yeah. So Dr. Johnson was still recruiting. You couldn't leave this cult. That's how cults work. Yeah. When she would deliver her sermons, she would give them LSD um, and then interrogate and blackmail whoever was trying to get out or whoever was trying to leave. She would just give them a hella dose of LSD, interrogate them, blackmail them. Love it. So it's been going on for about two decades now. She's got 500 plus members. Their motto was unknown, unseen, unheard, which was why they were able to go on for this long and be this successful. Yeah. So her downfall. Here we go. <laughs> Fucking finally need some some sort of. Good news, because this shit's depressing as hell. So there had been a small child that had been there was uh, a small child that had been kidnapped, mm-hmm. and it had been blamed on Anne by outsiders because they knew the people that were living around this, like the area where she had her cult. Mm-hmm. They were like, "This woman's weird as hell." Yeah, we see that she has all these kids, so they blame this child being kidnapped on Anne. Like so this fishy is going on. Yeah. So this brought attention to her and the family. The premises of up top where all these kids are kept were searched, but Anne was prepared for this. So the aunties hid the children in the hole, which was the space between the walls. Yes. I hate that it has a name because you know it's been used before. Yes. Um, the children were told that the outside world, especially police, wanted to kill them and rape them. So they didn't know any better to scream out for help. Oh, no. Yep. So the media started picking up on her in the cult meetings to get more information. They found out about the 28 children, and then the cult members were starting to leave. And Anne couldn't stop them from talking to the media. Like, at that point, she's also, like, traveling all over, so it's not like she can fucking stop them. And then the kids started to rebel. Oh, thankfully. So Sarah and Leanne, uh, they were 16 and 17. They broke out of up top and they would steal food for the other kids. Mm -hmm. In 1987, Anne fled to her mansion in New York State. So the aunties were still controlling the kids. 
But the oldest two made friends outside of the compound, and then they were shown what the real world was like. Mm -hmm. So they told the other kids, and Anne told the aunties to punish the girls. But obviously, like, they're 16 and 17. So, like, you can beat them all you want. Like, they're still going to fucking do it. Yeah, they're at that age. Um, Sarah, one of the daughter, one of the girls, she brought an outsider to the compound, which was breaking the biggest rule. Mm -hmm. And then Anne kicked her out of the cult. She said, you are no longer our daughter. You can die in the gutter. Jesus. Leanne packed up and followed Sarah, and then they both told the police. So they can just leave? I guess the oldest kids could, or I guess the kids could. You would think that, like, if she had such an iron grip, like, if they threatened to leave, I'd imagine that she'd try to kill them. Because then, like, you have people with the most, like, like, knowledge of the heinous shit that you did. To go to the cops. like She could they also did. deny it, though. She could just deny it, that these are That's all rebellious true. teenagers. That's true, but I don't know. I know. This it's all seems so suspicious. Oh, wait, this whole thing is suspicious. As well. It's all sus. So August 14th, 1987, the police stormed up top and the kids were finally saved. But the really sad part is that these kids were resisting because they were told... They were going to be killed yeah. by the police. So they're fighting for their lives yeah. when they're really being like they're trying to save them. Like we're trying to help you. Um, The aunties were arrested. The property was raided. They found documents about the cult. They found the LSD. All of the members of the cult like they have everything now. Yeah. Um. So New Haven Hospital was shut down. Dr. Whitaker lost his license after his malpractice with LSD. That was one of the doctors that would sign off on people to go off to the loony bin. Mm -hmm. Dr. Johnson lost all his credibility and was disgraced. Ann and Bill got word that the cult had imploded and they were hiding in New York State. Oh, so they're just like, we're just going to stay not over there. Basically. So these kids were horribly brainwashed. Mm -hmm. 12-year-old Cassandra, the girl that that had a distended stomach from malnutrition, she weighed about 44 pounds at 12 years old and she stood a foot shorter than the average 12-year-old girl. So she looked like she was five. Um, she was diagnosed with psychosocial short stature. Um, it's where living in such a stressful environment, the body stops producing growth hormones. But thankfully, she grew almost a foot within a year of leaving up top. The kids were rehabilitated by Australia's social services. All of them were kept together. And they learned that Anne wasn't their biological mother. So, like, the social services was doing some good. Okay. They did good. These children were able yeah. to somewhat heal together. That's good. Well, th- you know, it's not, this isn't America. So, no. you know, they actually have yeah. a functioning, somewhat of a functioning structure. What's that? Unfortunately, oh, Bill no. and Anne were on the run and no one knew where they were. So the police struggled to build a case against them. Mm-hmm. The aunties denied everything. Sarah and Leanne gave their stories, but they couldn't find actual evidence, which I think is fucking stupid as hell. They feel like the children themselves are uh, evidence. Yeah. You would fucking think, oh, but the statute of limitations had passed for the other crimes committed against the kids. I can't remember if we had had this, con- we've, I think we had in one of the last episodes that you did mm-hmm. about how statute of limitations is, stupid is so thing. stupid. So the with murder is- still happened. Crime, yes, a crime still happened. These children were still- Horribly abused. Yes, we were. It was my yeah. last episode because we were talking about Josh Duggar yeah. and how the statute of limitations had passed about um, the prosecuting statute, yeah. him for assaulting his sisters when yeah. they were little. Yeah, I think that's absolutely fucking stupid as hell because you can kill someone. Oh, there's no statute of limitations there. Yeah, and we're not and saying they're there dead. should be. There, there should there should not be. But they're also like 
a victim that is still alive There's- deserves like so it passed so y- you don't count anymore we can't essentially, do anything essentially yeah like it's so stupid everyone deserves um like justice yeah it was so they were tried for five years they tried for five years to get them um yeah. ann and bill were still on the run but in 1993 ann made a phone call to sarah and gave her location so sarah told the police the police called the fbi so they're arrested and extradited back to Australia, and Anne and Bill are arrested. Um, the case goes to trial, but the prosecution was only uh, only successfully charged her with conspiracy to defraud because of forging the birth certificates, and it was only three of the 28. So they pled guilty, and their punishment was a $5,000 fine. What the fuck? I was like, say psych right now. Like... Excuse this woman is literal evil. Yeah. And all she had to do as a multimillionaire was pay five thousand fucking dollars. That's not even a drop in the bucket with how much money she had. No. That's so oh my god. Did she at least go to jail? No. What the fuck? No, she didn't. She got off. They just like slap on the wrist. Don't do it again. So they say that members of the cult were working inside the criminal justice system, and that's why she got off so easily. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, she had five hundred plus people. Yeah, and like a lot of higher up people in this cult. So the aunties were charged with social benefit fraud, and they served a short prison sentence. Um, Oh, but she didn't. No. Oh. Um. After the trial, the cult continued. Sarah, the oldest, she wrote a book exposing everything that happened called Unheard, Unseen, and Unknown and denied the fuck out of everything. Like, there is an actual interview I watched with Sarah and Anne there, and Anne is lying. She is still claiming that all 28 children were biologically hers. And she was like, none of that ever happened. Like, you're just, um, you, you're just wanting attention. Like, we loved you and did all of these things. Like, she really denied the fuck out of it. And she looks like a crusty, you know. Is she think. still alive? Thankfully, no. Okay. Um, Is the cult still active? Are you kidding? So they are still active, but they're not. Oh, my God. They have not recruited. So, oh, my God. Yeah. So they were accused of paying – so Sarah was accused of paying the children to say they were abused. Sarah got death threats from the cult members. Eight years later, Bill died. Anne was diagnosed with dementia, and in June 2019, she died at the age of 98 and left her millions to the remaining cult members. So if you're in the Melbourne area, please watch out. The oh kids are all still close, the ones that are still alive. Rebecca sued Anne, and she won $250,000. Rebecca was her granddaughter. Not enough. No, not enough. Sarah became a doctor and she would go all over the world and she would treat people that needed it. She did try to kill herself. And Mm -hmm. unfortunately, she wasn't or And unfortunately, she had a leg amputated and then she died of heart failure at 46. Some of the kids did kill themselves. Some of them are parents. Some of them are successful. And they have like a day where they do meet up and they celebrate. It's like their birthday of being rescued. So they are able to do that. And one of the uh, one of the kids, he I did get some information through there. So this woman was the absolute was so fucking heinous. And got off basically scot-free after torturing these kids. That's so... I can't believe that the cult is still active. It is still fucking active. Like, I'm sure these people are old as fuck. I don't... 
I don't understand how after she died claiming to be Jesus. Which is wild they, because Jesus like, came yeah. back from the dead. Yeah, she's still, she's still, the cult, the cult still exists. There's no one to control you at that point. Who's in charge? I, I'm sure they have like a hierarchy. So here's what, let me show you. She is absolutely insane. So. Oh my God. So this is what she looks like at one point in time. Okay. Um, sure. Oh my God. Her here's hairline. what she looked like. Uh, oh when God. she had that interview where she told Sarah that she was a liar, here were the children. Do you see the oh very gosh. bond trap? Yeah. Yeah, she died in a Melbourne prison. Let me find... Who died in a Melbourne prison? Or no, she died in a Melbourne nursing home. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Uh, where's her hairline? Where's her... Really it was shape? further... If you go further up, she had on that. Or is oh, that yeah. There's part of it. That's so wild it's uh, so, so here far is where she would like parade these children around uh, okay I'm trying so to... she just took the healthy looking ones here's her and her husband so like you can tell by her arms that she still very much looks like she's not her age yeah oh my god when did she die 2019 uh, that is too too recent too recent i hate that part and there's like are there, like, interviews and stuff with her? Mm-hmm. Oh, God. That's awful. Here was when uh, they were arrested. Those eyebrows. Eyebrows God, She awful. looks crazy. Do you see her hairline? It's so far back. Where is it? Did she, like, get it fixed? No! It just got worse. Oh, that's awful. Ugh. Ugh. Oh, gross. It's gonna curse my fucking iPad. <laughs> oh, no. So, yeah. That is the story of the family. Australia's most notorious cult. Oh God, I I hate so much about that story. Oh, I was absolutely mortified. The more I read, like, so I listened to the um, I listened to Danielle Kirsty on YouTube. I watched her explaining it, and my the way my jaw dropped. I had to watch something funny afterwards. It was almost four a.m., and I had to I had to be up at like 8 30 but i was like i need to watch something happy because this is so fucking awful yeah i cannot believe this monster of a woman yeah got away with all of this because she claims she was jesus i think what's worse is like it's one thing when it's adults and they're like going to the cult but it's when you are taking and manipulating children babies so thankfully sarah was able to reconnect with her biological mother Mm -hmm. i will say some of these kids were able to reconnect I mean, it's not going to eliminate all of, like, the pain and the Mm -hmm. obvious trauma that they went through. But, like, you can have, like, she had a win, a little bit of a win. She was able to meet her mom and was able to do good. I mean, 46 is extremely young. Yeah. um, Those kids deserve all good things for the rest of their existence. All good things. Yeah. I can't even imagine... If we think that's bad in in Australia, like imagine how much worse it would have been in the United States. I I don't know. I feel like awful people are gonna be awful. Yeah, like that's just that's just how it's gonna be. It this this whole thing was just this is so this is the first time or like I guess this is only our fourth episode, but like this is the first story that I've heard that I have never heard anywhere else. So you're telling me a whole new story. <laughs> like, that's fucking... No one else... I've 
So I, I would say I kind of practiced this a little bit with a few people just because I was reading about it and I was like, I need to tell someone. And the looks on these people's faces when I told them was just mortified, horrified, all of the words, just like clutching pearls. Yeah. And these were men I was telling too. Like my male coworkers, they were shook as fuck. And then when I was telling my friends and they were like, what the hell? Like, I was like, they were dosing kids with LSD and they were like, that's what's I. These poor, oh. imagine, these poor little kids, like you can't even give them cough syrup without having to like watch out to make sure you don't fuck them up. Yeah. And she's just throwing like, LSD, some LSD Someone did jokingly say like, where do I sign up? And I was like, this isn't the kind of, this isn't the fun. It's not fun times. This it's, is not happy fun times. are using it to manipulate. Because like when you go, from what I've been told, from what I've been told, mm-hmm. when you want to like have a nice trip, you have to be in a good mindset because the good yeah. headspace sets the scene. So if you're locked in a fucking dark room when you're tripping balls. Yeah. And then all of a sudden Jesus comes in with her plasticky ass face. <laughs> Plastic. She was plastic. Y'all search Anne Hamilton Byrne because she did look. Yeah. Or go lo- on our Instagram. Go on our will Instagram be too. Fucking wild. That's so. She's insane. She's a monster. And I only, I hope she's burning. Somewhere. Somewhere. Like, as a pagan, I believe that you go to whatever world, whatever religious sect you believed in. Yeah. Like, if you were Catholic, you can go to purgatory. If you're Christian, you can go to the Christian hell yeah. or the Christian heaven, Nirvana, Valhalla, like all those things. So if she believed in Jesus and all that shit, I hope she's burning in hell. I hope there's a universal bad place for people like that that yeah. you just get sent to. They're like, oh, you were just awful. So you, you are, don't get to do any of this. You, you just go monster. to a bad place. See, but what's what's crazy, though, is that if she were to ask for forgiveness from God, she could go to heaven. I hate that. Yeah, same. I'm like, this shit is exactly why I don't subscribe to hateful Christianity, to hateful religions, because I think that's fucking bananas that this woman could just, God, please forgive my sins. And whoop, there she goes. She's in heaven. There she goes. And then these fucking kids. These fucking kids. <laughs> yeah, they deserve. Oh, Lord. That. The fact that these kids were failed so horribly. Yeah. The police, they really did try their best. Yeah. I will give them that. Like, usually I am a cab, but, like, in this instance, they did do their best for these children. Yeah. In yes. Like, we need people that, like, take care of shitty people like that. Yeah. Unfortunately, it has to be the police. And so, like, she still had members of her cult yeah. in the criminal justice system, ah, which is awful. I forgot about that. Like... Eat the rich, I would honestly, I think we should have just burned her at the stake. It probably yeah. would have smelled like a Barbie factory lighting up in flames because she's made of so much plastic. So I used to melt, um, like I used to take plastic spoons, like clear plastic spoons, mm-hmm. and I would cut off the little spoon part mm-hmm. and I would melt the end and make little roses. Oh. They were really pretty, but the smell. That's what she would smell like if you burned her. <laughs> That's how much fucking plastic this woman was made out of. Like a melting plastic rose. Why were her eyebrows at her hairline? <laughs> so They're trying to add to the hairline. They're line. trying to add to her fucking hairline with her fucking oh, God. Her apostrophe eyebrows. <laughs> well, thank you for this story. I'm thank so you for so- sharing this awful story. You're welcome. I'm glad. <laughs> this is because of the graphicness of last week, of last episode with him eating oh, her, yeah. literally eating 
for that woman's ass. Yeah. Oh god. Oh yeah. I forgot. She. He did. He yeah. Butthole. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> I had. A, oh god. Yours was like a fun gross, but mine yeah. was just sad, depressing, didn't get better. So I feel like the reason that you choose cults and I choose killers are for our very different, sick, fucked up brains. Yes. <laughs> They're interesting. Because I was like, oh, a cult? Yes. Let's see how people manipulate large groups of people. <laughs> like, Let's see. I was like, oh, a woman cult leader? Let's go. No. No, I take it back. This is awful. Why are people interested in eating other people? See, I was going to do the Heaven's Gate cult, but... You have to do Jonestown at some point, too. I will do Jonestown. I will. I will touch on as many cults as possible. But I love I love this, like, like finding all of the things that not many people talk about. Yeah, I'm because... I'm sure that there are lots of cults that, like... There was one that I read that's based in South Korea that I'm thinking of, and so I'm really interested in that, because I was, like, reading... I was looking for more information about the family, and I saw something talking about like a girl who was raised in this cult in South Korea. And I was like, Ugh. religion really just does some terrible things to people. Mm-hmm. People really take it and run. Like, I'm sure if Jesus met this woman in real life, he would have been like, what is wrong with you? Like, <laughs> what is wrong? Ma'am, this is no, awful. You are not me. <laughs> you are, ma'am, you are not me. First of all, first of all, no. I think you're just having some penis envy. Not <laughs> <laughs> penis envy. Oh my god, she's so oh, what? Man. Jesus, why is she so obsessed she's with so me? Obsessed. She's so obsessed with me. Oh no. Imagine. So yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed that awful story yeah. of the family. So if you're ever in the Melbourne area of Australia, please be careful. <laughs> don't get talk don't get caught up in the cult. If there's someone that says Anne Byrne is the uh, reincarnation of Jesus Christ, you better fucking run. Yeah. Yes. Um Next, next, in the next two weeks, it's my turn. So we won't see you next week, but we will see you the one after. Yes. Uh, I'll talk about something interesting. I don't know what it'll be. Probably another fucked up singular individual. I hope so. Yeah, that's usually how it goes. Uh, other than that, be safe out there. Make some okay decisions, I guess. Be safe. Yeah. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to another true crime podcast with your hosts, Nani and Nova. Directed and produced by the How Did We Get Here Productions team. Our music is Ghost by Tim Beak at timbeak.com. And a special thanks to our listeners for all your love and support.